Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ballcaps and Bagpipes. I am John McKellar of the Glasgow Comets. I'm former president Jason Durr, and John likes to say Hall of Famer Jason Durr. Yes, baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. No, no, no. I just say former manager is absolutely fine. <laughs> I got to brag a little uh, bit. Yeah, we I mean we're obviously we're uh, coming off the back of uh, what's been a long time coming. Opening weekend finally arrived in the 2021. Baseball Scotland National League season. What weekend it was. Three very uh, interesting and exciting games. Lots to talk about this week. And we're joined oh, yeah. once again by Stephen Evans, who is the manager and star pitcher of Granite City Oilers. Why don't you say hello, Stephen? Howdy. Thanks so much for coming back on. So we're going to... Uh, we had you on, obviously, on Saturday's special edition of the show. Uh, it was a great panel. We had a lot of fun talking. Uh, we just got you on this time. We're going to talk about uh, the Oilers' opening day win. And uh, preview the Oilers uh, game for this week while also uh, we're going to do a bit more of a deep dive into your baseball journey and tell your story, which is going to be fun. <laughs> and this, and again, this is one that we've been wanting to do for quite some time. Uh, Jason, to it. Uh, I think we've been talking about this for like what, a year and a half, John. Yeah, I mean, at least, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. When the season starts, we'll have Steven on. He'll be talking about when the season starts. <laughs> When's the season going to start? Yeah. Well, it started. Now, I want to start up by saying that I made a little tiny bit of history on Sunday. Oh, okay. I drove in the first ever run in a developmental league, a Glasgow Derby. For this hey! hey. The first inning, so I want to pat myself in the back about that. That's there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I see, I told him he, said he needed to ask for the ball, and he said, no, 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 I forgot all about it, so... <laughs> Come on, man. You gotta get the ball. Exactly. You just gotta go pick a ball from the ball bag and just go, oh, that's fine. That's the, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. we just grab any ball. This, yeah. this, is, this is going to be some vinyl ball that's been cut in half about three years ago. <laughs> this one, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I hit it so hard that I cut the leather off. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, it was a great weekend of baseball, and we're going to quickly run over the scores uh, on opening day. Um, the First one I want to mention, and for my opinion, the big upset of the weekend is the Edinburgh Devils and Edinburgh Cannons game. Uh, now, Jason, did you make it along to that game and see any of it? No, unfortunately, I did not. Uh, and uh, the head coach, Sylvan, had to not make the game due to COVID restrictions because of his daughter. And they, okay. they thought they weren't going to do that. And so uh, he missed the game completely. Apparently, it was well pitched by Kyle. And uh, he pitched for six and shut him down. And that was enough to, was, I think, the whole final score was 11-0. 12, it was I think. 12, 12, right, yeah. See, I, I blame Rory for that. Obviously, with him not playing <laughs> and being out for the season, it would have been at least 12-1, maybe two. And Ren wasn't there either. Ah, there you go. That's that's it. So, um, so no, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it da down. I'm going to try to make it down for the games this weekend, but we'll see. So, Excellent. Now, yeah, 12-0, I think the big upset of the weekend, obviously, we had spoken with Rory. He was very confident. He had hyped some of his new arrivals in particular. Um, and had heard nothing but good things from others. Uh, it looks like that they, they haven't had the chance to, to, to jail too much yet, and um, it looks like those uh, experienced heads on the Devils, uh, they clicked at the right time, and they've come through with a big win there. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll find out more, see how the season goes, see how many guys we're missing, see what the story is. Um, um, but yes, uh, we'll, 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 get, no, we'll, we'll see how the season goes and get some more information from Murray. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by that that game because you know I think the Cannons had two of the five pitchers we used down in Slough, you know, and so I was twelve nothing. I was like, wow. 
Okay. I was, I was shocked when I saw that result. Yeah. Another big result uh, was the Comets result over the Galaxy. They won the 3-2. Um, it was a very close and well-played game. Now, I didn't play in that game. I played in the Development League game earlier that day. So I had the opportunity to kind of watch from the sidelines for the most part. So you were umping first, like I called? No, no, no. No, I, I said, said that. I, I called that you were going to ump first base, and that was happening. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm the, I'm, my umpiring days are behind me, Jason. <laughs> Never do that again. <laughs> it was an awful experience. Um, it was a very close and very well-played game from a defensive standpoint. It was 2-0 Galaxy for most of the game. I believe that they took the lead in the top of the second, scoring two runs off of David. Uh, but David went into kind of shutdown mode from then on. And uh, while the Comets kept seeming to get closer and closer and closer to breaking through and getting on the board, it wasn't actually until the bottom of the seventh inning that the Comets rallied for three runs and uh, won it with a walk-off walk with the bases loaded to John Nelson. Oh. Um, so while, while you do expect him to come up in those situations, you certainly don't expect him to walk yeah he's <laughs> loaded so it was um quite an extraordinary result and a big result for the comments that i think we um need to try and build on uh, moving forward because obviously the galaxy have been the champions for three straight years they showed on sunday that they are still by far the best defensive team in the league i think um and it's <sighs> going to be very important to to keep up that standard for them if they're going to continue to push uh, to retain that title um, there was a there was one kind of pretty scary moment during the Comets and Galaxy game where Jim Seahart and their new centre fielder, Miles Peterson, who you're both quite uh, acquainted with, they, um, they collided on a play. Um, it looks like about them, that. neither of them were particularly badly hurt, uh, but it sounded like a really sore one. Like me and a couple others on the bench at the Comets thought potentially that they had hit heads at first because uh, Jim was down for quite a bit, but... Um, Jim being the tank that he is, he, he likes to walk it off and play the rest of the game as if nothing happens. Probably hit um, a double as well too the next day. Probably didn't bother <laughs> yeah. him one bit. The guy's, yeah. the guy's extraordinary. Now, Miles, Miles told me about that and uh, said that his ankle was pretty swollen. So, yeah. Interesting. Hate to hear that though. Yeah, we want to keep an eye on then to see if either of them will be affected in the next few weeks right. um, by that collision. Um, also, John Nelson uh, injured a groin, um, a ground ball. So um, the injury reports a pretty, pretty, pretty long one on that. <laughs> yeah, on that on that weekend, it was it was a good win for the Comets, but at what price? You have to think. Um, yeah. Overall, uh, quite proud of the guys, and uh, that's a good solid uh, three-two, well-played game of baseball. Which moves us on to our guest tonight, uh, the Oilers and the Breakers. So obviously, Tayport Breakers, the very first ever Scottish baseball uh, league game. Um, you know, it's been a two years in the, in the making. Jason West, the amount of work he's done has been absolutely fantastic. Um, massive props once again to Jason for all the work he's done. Um, the Breakers weren't able to it weren't able to start off with a win, unfortunately, in the league campaign. Uh, our guest tonight played spoiler, and uh, his side, the Grand City Oilers, took a seven to one victory. On opening day, um, it looks like you guys put on a bit of a defensive masterclass of your own. I've, I've heard that you had three double plays that you pulled yeah. over seven innings. Three double plays and one to end the game as well. So that was uh, was pr- pretty exciting. I, that's why I said Glasgow uh, Galaxy are a defensive team in the league this year. And I was like, ah, we're going to give you a run for that money there, you know? 
which is going to take us nicely on to next weekend, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, that's fantastic <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, you guys obviously have worked hard on your infield, uh, given you know the. I saw the video of you guys turning the play. It's one of those where it doesn't look like it's been a fluke. It's one of those that's straight off the training ground. Um, oh yeah, so it's, it was slick, very smooth, and um, to to hold the breakers to one run as well is is great. That um, yeah, it was it was a great game. Like honestly, uh, it was it was one nothing going into the uh, fifth inning. You know, so it was uh, very close. Hmm. So. So talk to us about talk to us about how you guys eventually ran out by ran, ran out winners by six. Uh, if you say it was one nothing going into the fifth, uh, how did you guys tweak anything in particular that you found um, took you over the edge, or was it just a pitcher was tired and what was what was the script? What was the story? Uh, no, actually, it was um, it was a really great game um, overall. Uh, and like you said, we just broke it open in the bottom of the fifth there. Um, I actually was uh, sitting that game because uh, I had a arm injury uh, from from Slough. I'm out for a couple weeks, uh, so spoiler alert: won't be pitching this weekend. Uh, <laughs> so Las Cabani was starting on the mound for us, and uh, he uh, threw five shutout innings, had five strikeouts. Um, he got some runners on base, but didn't let them score, and that was that was really really great to see from from a coach's perspective. Him you know, knowing where he started off in the league to, to that, getting to that point and getting his first win was just phenomenal to see. Uh, but I think what it was, um, the, the breakers Marina pitched for him, uh, through the, I think she threw five complete innings. Um, and I mean, she was, she was on fire those first four innings and we didn't really get a lot of base runners in. And I think it was just that second and third time through the lineup for us that we started, you know, getting the timing down and, and start, you know, shaking off that, that rust, so to speak, and um, started putting the ball in play more and uh, capitalizing on well-timed hits and, and runs and stuff like that. So uh, we scored, um, I think it was, yeah, five in the bottom of the fifth and then one in the sixth. And uh, that was the final score, seven to one for us. Excellent, man. Very well done to you and the guys. Um... Thank you. You mentioned that uh, Las Cabani pitched the game and uh, he pitched five things, strike out five. Now, you mentioned he allowed quite a few base runners. Um, what I have noticed, particularly this weekend, and, more, and to an extent, and even in the 2019 season, Jason, is that, you know, this league, there seems to be a hell of a lot more pitchers in this league that are the way that you used to pitch, where you would pitch to contact. Whereas the, when I was first starting out in this league, you were pretty much the only pitcher that did that. A lot of them were trying to strike guys out, and it was either strike out, walk, or you know someone would get a hit. Um, do you would you say that that's a bit accurate? I think you have guys who can throw the ball harder than fifty miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess what I'm what I'm really saying is uh, to put it in different terms is. The quality of pitching overall is better now than, than it was eight, nine years ago when I first started uh, by quite a considerable distance. You know, even with some of the guys who've come and went, you've got Sam, you've got Luke, uh, Stephen, you were here, you were here, but then you went away for a couple of years. Yeah. A lot of the quality that's even left. Um, the guys who are still here, like the overall quality of pitching in this league is still far, far superior than it was five, ten years ago. And it's amazing, I think, uh, 
to look at that and look at the strides that Baseball Scotland has taken in terms of developing pitchers. And, yeah, um, I think that's know, exactly what it is. I think what it is is you actually have people sticking around where it was, you know, originally just me and and, and then whoever else could would be on that way. And you and so you actually have people that are there that can pass along knowledge to other people. Uh, they can pick it up. They can actually work with it. Whereas before it was, you know, to save myself, it was like, okay, so I, I could try to teach people a pitch, but then I got to run batting practice at the same time and fielding practice at the same time. Now, now there's enough quality players at every position you know, not just pitcher, and that you can kind of go, okay, great, you guys can run training, I can go work with the guy. And I think you're seeing that, you know, feed into the yeah. rest of the teams now. I would completely agree with that. There, there's just more depth overall, and uh, the quality has certainly gone up over the last six, seven, eight years, so. Yeah, I mean, just look at the score lines, 12 nothing being the biggest gap. You know, you Yeah, which was a shocker. <laughs> Um, you know, you 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 were previously looking at twenty to twelve and eighteen eleven score lines. I remember a game from like uh, I think it was like twenty fourteen or something like that, or yeah, I think it was twenty fourteen. I think we were playing the Comets, and I mean the final score was like eighteen to sixteen. It was just what <laughs> I never played. And like that that was the only game that year that was like that either. It was just like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, pitching. That was there was no depth. So, yeah, I mean, I think as well that the new development league idea helps uh, in that regard because you know, you now have a situation where a guy who wants to learn how to pitch or a girl who wants to learn how to pitch doesn't need to do it on the job, so to speak. Yeah, they have the development game to try and mold people into being pitchers. I mean, in the development game I played on Sunday, um, Fiona Bromley of the Glasgow Galaxy pitched uh, the first inning and then the second inning was pitched by Chris Young. Um, oh, nice. Who've uh, played in various different places and have obviously fancied giving pitching a go. Both of them have a really good account of themselves and I, I was really happy for them both that they got on the mound for a game. Um, yeah. It takes a lot, I think, to make that first stride into pitching. Um, yeah. It's a daunting task to be the one with the ball in your hand. Uh, you know, even I think for someone who's had the experience, one slip up can mean, you know, a disaster of a game when it comes to being on the mound. So for anybody to go up there and, and, and pitch the way that they did um, and as well as they did with as little experience, um, I think was just fantastic. So I think the Development League is a great idea. Uh, we'll oh, talk sure. a bit more about the Development League and some of the rules that have been uh, developed in the league uh, around that uh, toward the end of the show, Jason. But let's move on. Before we move on, we've got a comment from a viewer. Oh, uh, we, we are live. So we I just wanted live. to mention that Paul Convoy has said that the, the quality of pitching is a big credit to guys like Steven, Luke, and Sam, who not only pitched to a high standard, but also coached younger guys to a high level too. And they put a lot of time and effort to elevate the standard of the league in the game. So yeah, you know, it just absolutely echoes what we've been saying here. So, you know, thanks, thanks for saying that, Paul. Absolutely. And I completely agree, Paul. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've talked you know, quite a bit in the past with regard to Luke in particular about how much he elevated people around him. And I think that what you're seeing in people like Fiona and Chris and the confidence that they've had to go out there and, and, and take that first step towards pitching in games comes from Luke um, and the, the kind of culture that he built around the Galaxy. Um, we had uh, Robert on the mount um, who has pitched previously. So I think we were kind of, we were different in that sense that it wasn't a complete newcomer that we had on the mount. He's a lefty, right? He is Robert. a lefty. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Southpaw. 
Yeah, he's got quite a quite a quite a good arm on him, um, but just doesn't pitch all that often. So he's still kind of developing that side of his game. Um, he pitched pretty well in the development game, uh, but uh, yeah, overall, standard of pitching in the league has gone up so much. Standard of fielding in the league has gone up so much. I mean, you consider the state of some of the fields in Scotland. Yeah, oh, for sure. That that in itself is just a <laughs> testament to how good the coaching has 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 become now, um, and the fact that there's the, the structure. I think of the league allows more for you know the time and the 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 the, um, the attention that people need to develop uh, in different areas. Um, and I just think that this opening day, these these results. The quality of the baseball we've seen over the weekend um, is just—it just drives home exactly why we were so we were looking so much forward to it. Jason, um, what a weekend of baseball! Yep, as I said, looking forward to catching the game, maybe even this weekend, right, John? <laughs> well, let's see, let's see. Um, let's move on before we talk about this weekend to our guest tonight, Stephen. Um, we've discussed your guys' uh, result, and obviously, you talked about your off-season. Uh, on Saturday when you were previously on the show. Uh, today it's about you. Um, so we always like to start our interviews with uh, with players and coaches with pretty much the same question, and that's just uh, where did you come from? Um, how did you become involved in baseball? Obviously, you're from the States. Um, how long did, How long have you been playing it? Um, what level did you play to back, back home? Uh, yeah, so um, originally from Fort Smith, Arkansas, where grew up, played... Uh, High school baseball. Um, I was a two-year varsity letterman. My high school um, actually made varsity. The first, the first time I made varsity was actually for my infielding, not pitching. I was a third baseman, um, and then uh, more my senior year, I was I was more of a, a starting pitcher role. Um, played American Legion baseball, which is the um, higher equivalent level for summer league back in Arkansas, um, and then I. After my freshman year of college, I actually tore the ligament, the UCL ligament, in my uh, arm. I had, had, I had, didn't have to have Tommy John. It was a partial tear, but I had to sit out the same amount of time um, as having the surgery. So I missed my entire freshman year of college uh, for baseball. Came back where, from that, played one. Where'd you go second. play college ball at? You skipped the part. Yeah. I went to play college ball somewhere. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to play ball, uh, but I had to uh, go different little bit different route than right out of high school uh so that next summer after I hurt the the elbow I played one last year of American Legion uh which got me back in shape and uh, I walked on to the University of Arkansas Monticello which is a division two um school um and I was the only walk on to make the team uh and that was one of the the greatest feelings in the world knowing that I made the cut and uh, I was getting starting positions over juniors and seniors as a pitcher and Oh, everything just seemed to be clicking. And then the grades kicked in and uh, wasn't the best student. So became academically ineligible. So stay in school, kids. Um, joined the Navy. And I made the U.S. Military All-Star Team where I played uh, two tours with them. They were a uh, semi-professional team. We played uh, summer collegiate league teams, uh, independent minor league teams. Uh, and we just toured the country just playing baseball, having a blast. And um, after my second tour, uh, it was on my second tour that actually hurt my shoulder, which uh, effectively ended my competitive playing career. Um, but that's when I really got into coaching. And I got with one of the master chiefs in the Navy that I worked with, uh, gave his son pitching lessons. 
And then I proceeded to start coaching their summer league team. Uh, we went, uh, we qualified for two world series during uh, my last two years in the Navy. And then I decided to move abroad, uh, go to school in, in uh, Aberdeen. And I got in touch with uh, Jason and talked about baseball Scotland and wanting to play and forming a team in uh, Aberdeen. And he told me about Miles Peterson, who was also going to be attending the University of Aberdeen. Uh, he and I got in touch and we, uh, we kicked off the Oilers in September of 2013, playing our first friendly in Edinburgh with eight people. <laughs> and uh had to borrow we still one have pictures from that they're still yeah. posted <laughs> nice yeah that was that was a blast man i mean that was my first experience with with baseball in europe and uh it was it was a, it was a huge success in my opinion uh we grew it from eight people that that's september to i think it was like 15 16 the next summer and then just kept growing ever since then and uh um at the height before covid we were at around 40 club members. We had two teams. Uh, I'd started the university program at the University of Aberdeen, um, which was also at two teams uh, in 2019, the year after I left the UK. So I had to leave in September of 2018. My visa ran out and uh, went back to the US, coached um, at, the, at my local high school uh, for a couple of years and uh, applied for the sports management program here at University of Sterling. And now I'm doing a master's in sport management. And I'm back. Oh, uh, and I was uh, just, just recently appointed to uh, the newly formed uh, GB women's baseball team as their hitting coach. So fantastic. Yeah, There's a lot of accomplishments there. You're, only, yeah. you're just your first year back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to pick up there. Uh, thank you so very much for that history. Um, I want to touch on your time in the Navy. Um, you are a veteran, obviously, of the Navy, like you said. Um, now, there's throughout baseball history, there are so many like Ted Williams would be the obvious who are military men who take that that military aspect of their life and apply it to the game. Would you say that that's something you did? And uh, how did your military training and uh, the discipline that you would have learned in the military help you as uh, maybe not even so much as a player, but particularly in coaching and how you approach coaching players? How did that how did that inform uh, how you, your style of play and, and your style of coaching? Yeah, uh, it, it influenced it a lot, actually. Um, before the military, you know, I, I think I was a fairly confident person, but as far as managing personnel and um, organizations and stuff like that, uh, I wasn't there. And the military really honed that in, gave me that leadership ability, uh, time management, you know, organizational skills and stuff like that, that um, gave me the confidence to really step into that role and, and, and be a better coach and use some of those techniques uh, um, of, you know, managing personnel and organizations to, to really build a, a program here that I, I'm, I'm really proud of. So. Brilliant. Um, and I want to also touch on your other career, which was uh, substitute teaching. Uh, you used to be a, a substitute teacher back home, I believe. Um, <laughs> did you apply yeah. baseball and how you and did your coaching in, as a as a baseball guy was that in any way an uh, an influence on how you taught? Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I did do substitute teaching for the first year that I was back, and then the last year and a half, I actually got a uh, a full time position as um, a, a media clerk. So I was at working actually in the library full time. Um, but yeah, certainly I took 
a lot of that coaching and and military into the classroom with me. And uh, I think it, it really helped, you know, give, give structure and discipline to some of the kids and um, help me be able to relate to a, a wide variety of, of people and, and uh, backgrounds. So, so I'm very thankful for that. And you also used to sell eggs, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What yes, kind of I, research have you been doing? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, <laughs> research, man. Wow. Even is good. Stephen will tell you um, this is true. This is, I'm not making this up. No, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, my little girl, she turns eight in July. Um, she, uh, we, we were at the the farm, farm goods store back home, just killing time. And uh, they had chicks that day. And we went to look at them and, you know, she's like, I want some chicks. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> got some chickens, started off with six. Uh, and then that eventually grew to 31 uh, chickens. And I had a little egg business on the side. So I'd sell um, free range farm fresh eggs to my neighbors and my colleagues at school and stuff. So and I, it was, it was good. I mean, it was fun. I didn't make a whole lot of money on it, but I, I definitely made my money back on what I spent on them, which is more than enough for me. Cause you know, it was, uh, it was, it was fun for me and it was a good life lesson for my little girl. So her teaching her to take care of animals and some responsibility. So that was, <laughs> you really did your research, man. <laughs> no, all I want to say is did the chickens have large talons? Because I the roosters do. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I had a, so I, I got some, uh, I got some, the chickens one time that were in the straight run category so you can buy them in three different categories you can get pullets which are baby females you can get straight run which are your guess at what they are or you can buy uh, roosters or uh, you know and uh, I got some straight run one time because they that was the only bin that they had the breed that I wanted and I got a couple uh got a couple of roos out of that and uh man well we had some knock them out, drag them out fights one time in the backyard. They, they tried to come at me and I had to put them on his back. And I was like, nah, <laughs> this ain't happening. <laughs> it's like, you, you're going to be dinner soon if you keep that up. <laughs> uh, um, let's talk, let's get back to baseball and uh, off chickens then, Stephen. <laughs> come on, you don't want to know if he ran an illegal cock ring or not. Come on. Nah. <laughs> But I tell you, I was on a I was on a drive one time going through the uh, back uh, back roads of uh, Oklahoma because I live right on the Oklahoma border, and I came across this property that had probably like 50, 60, like 55 gallon blue drums that had like a hole cut in them with roosters chained to them, and apparently like it was a thing, and like they were all roosters. It's like that's cockfighting. <laughs> They're training those bad boys. So funny oh. enough, there is a former player who does do that, the Dominican. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> he, he, he posts uh, live videos of, the, of it there, so I won't mention who wow. it is. But uh, wow, yeah, I, I, I didn't. He, I think he moved back there and he posts live videos <laughs> and he goes as Mister Escoce or whatever it is, Escoce in, in Spanish. So <laughs> he's got kilt on and everything. He holds his rooster up. Anyways, well, that's awesome. We're going off topic here. This is not baseball related at all. <laughs> Uh, he's in fucking coke rings, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I gotta bring up Napoleon Dynamite. We talk about cock rings. <laughs> this is why the show does so well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're the one who 
one about that did the research. I was going to ask what the Navy was about. I raised chickens. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, I thought I would just throw that one on, Jason. Um, let's get back to baseball, though. So let's go back to growing up. Uh, what are your favourite accomplishments um, or memories from your time growing up and uh, the various levels that you played at? Oh, um, best memories. Man, I had, I had a lot. Like, I mean, I've played baseball since I was four. So, like, there's not a summer in my mind that I wasn't playing baseball. Um, had some really good times. So, uh, when I was 16, I played in the uh, Senior Babe Ruth uh, World Series. That was, that was a really awesome experience. Played uh, in front of, like, 5,000 people. It was on ESPN, you know, and um, – I was just an amazing experience. And I started the first the opening ceremony game against the, the hometown team and got player of the game, got, got our only hit that game that scored the only run and we won one, nothing. And that was, uh, that was a really, really fascinating experience. Um, in high school, I also made the all tournament team my senior year and then, um, capped it off that, that senior year beating the, uh, Crosstown rivals on senior night was, and I was on the mound and just had a little extra in the tank, you know, reaching back and throwing some gas, what I thought was gas at the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, then in the military, um, had a really cool experience playing in the, I think it was, uh, can't remember what anniversary of the Midnight Sun game, but every year in Alaska, in Fairbanks, Alaska, they have the Midnight Sun game on the summer solstice, uh, June 21st. And uh, the game starts at 10 p.m. and goes overnight. And um, that year, the last territorial governor of Alaska threw out the ceremonial pitch at midnight. And the cool thing about this game is they use no artificial lighting. And uh, our game went 15 innings. It was the longest in midnight sun game history. And uh, I mean, it was just crazy. Played from 10 to 10, uh, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Sun never really went down. It just dipped below a mountain a little bit. And then when it came back out about like 3.30, 3.45, that's when we started hitting the ball again. And that's uh, – we went up uh, two to one in the uh, top of the 15th, and they went up three to two in the bottom of the 15th. And uh, that was that. But uh, I'd say that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And then I have to bring it up. I'm not sore about it or anything, but uh, my .375 ERA in 2018 that I didn't get the Cy Young Award for, but whatever. Not sore. Not sore at all. Hey, we, we don't vote for these things. We're just the announcers. Don't we, don't, we don't know anything about this. <laughs> 88 strikeouts, 48 innings pitched, .375 ERA. No. <laughs> no. In Major League Baseball, it's the, it's the sports journalists that vote for these awards, so it should be you and me, Jason, that are okay. all these. <laughs> the Baseball Scotland, the Baseball Writers Association of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. The British Baseball Writers <laughs> Association, we're, yeah. we're on the BBW, right? Okay. We would just be, we'd be the BJs, the Baseball Journalists Association of Scotland. There we go. <laughs> Oh. Incidentally, um, Paul Convoy has commented, this is why it's an APM start, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dayport <laughs> Baseball Club has uh, commented, single A and triple A chickens. And <laughs> um, we've got another comment from Mark Joss. Uh, who says, uh, lovely comment here, I started playing for Aberdeen in 2018, since then the club 
has doubled in members and Stephen is a big reason for that. He is very hands-on and gets stuck in, whether it be fundraising for the club or repairing the field. At training, Stephen takes his time, regardless of your talent on the field, to go over any tips he can to help you out with. Um, he's an all-round top guy. What's Thanks, Mark. Stephen? Can't wait to have you back at training, bud. <laughs> How much did Mark, do you slip Mark 20 quid for that? I mean, that's a real question. <laughs> <laughs> he said it twice now. That just was, I said it twice in there. <laughs> hey, I actually haven't seen him in a couple weeks. He's been offshore working. So uh, he's, he said that on his own free will. It looks so like Mark's getting some separation anxiety there. You better <laughs> get back to training. If I know. see Miles come in the exact same thing, we know he's <laughs> <laughs> Miles, yeah, don't someone's going to forget the name. It'll just be uh, insert name here, and then. Cool. So I'm really curious about your time with playing baseball at, at Navy. So how did it work? Were you guys? Uh, where were you stationed at? Were there fields for you to do? I mean, I played at Menwith Hill, so I know there's obviously activities there, but this is abroad, and you're kind of in your own enclosed area. So how did it work when you were playing for Navy? Yeah, so uh, fortunate for me, I was stationed in San Diego, and that's where a majority of the team was out of um that's like where the coach was and everything i mean we had we had guys who were tad or temporary assigned duty to the team who would come there and, and like live on base and and play but like i was stationed in san diego so i didn't have to go far away from uh anything for to play um but yeah we just um so i came home so you're, uh, I tried out for the team in April of 2010 when I first got to San Diego. Um, my ship was currently on a home port change. They, that was right after the uh, earthquake in Haiti, and they were helping out with that, and then they were coming around the Horn, um, South America, to change from Virginia to San Diego. So uh, just kind of perfect timing for me to make the team, and then uh, we went on our first tour around the country um starting in i think it was uh April. i think they left in april but i didn't get to join them till my ship got there in june um and i gotta actually meet my chain of command and i had to go before the captain it was a really long drawn out process for for me to make that first jump onto the team from my chain of command because it wasn't like hey i made it i gotta go it's like hey you made it now see if they'll let you go um and fortunate for me, my chain of command, like, let me go. They were very reluctant, but the cat, the, the only part, the only no that matters on a request shit is the captains and the captain said, yes. And I was like, thank you, sir. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I went, uh, for a couple months. Um, the condition was since I was so new that, uh, when we were going back out to sea, I had to report back to get my training and qualifications and stuff like that. Um, so I only, my first tour was only, uh, two I think it was about two months uh with them but it was really great I mean I, I flew into Philadelphia met up with the team um we played at one of the first my first start with the military team um my, my first appearance was with the Southern Maryland we were playing against the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs and um I went in in like the third inning they were beating us up seven nothing going to that third inning we were on our third I was our third pitcher and uh, I threw a goose egg on the scoreboard. That was awesome. Uh, struck out my last guy, fastball low and away looking. Never forget that. First start was at the Camden River Sharks, who are no longer there, and the stadium is no longer there. But it, uh, the backdrop was the Ben Franklin Bridge uh, into Philadelphia. And that was, dude, it looked like a freaking castle in the outfield. And I was like, I hope I give a bomb off the castle, you know? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, it was, it was just really good. And then um, went on my first deployment, came back from deployment uh, in June that year, uh, met up with the team and I was with the team from June until September um, that season. And uh, I just traveled the entire country and um, I got to drive my own car on the trip because they, we had we had a bus and we had an RV and uh, at one point, our, our team bus uh, lost AC, and uh, we were driving around the south in the summer, and that was, <laughs> oh, we got to Arkansas, and I was like, hey, well, we were in Tennessee, and I was like, hey, mom, can you drive my car over to, to Memphis, and uh, the coach actually uh, worked out a deal where I, I got to drive my own car and took three guys with me in my car and um, alleviated some from the RV and the bus and uh, put 11,000 miles in my car that summer, but uh, it's good, good times. Going. Yeah. I mean, we played all up and down the Eastern seaboard. I mean, I played Newark, New York, upstate New York. Um, I did, uh, we did a, a gig in, um, uh, North of Minneapolis. Um, we went to Omaha. That was a very awesome experience. I was the, my, I think that was one of my first experiences that summer with the team. We did, um, uh, pregame ceremony, uh, at Rosenblatt in 2000. 11 I think it was uh it was uh for the UCLA tech uh TCU game and I think Trevor Bauer was on that uh UCLA team and uh that was that was really cool I was really hung over for it uh sorry mom if you're watching I was oh that night out in Kansas City was rough <laughs> you'll, be getting, you'll be getting the salad treatment and then the next time you see your mom <laughs> yeah. uh, let's um, let's move on to our lean baseball uh we've covered a wee bit about how you founded the team um yeah. why don't you talk to us about the challenges you faced uh, initially when you were when you were putting that club together um you say you mentioned obviously that you worked with males quite closely yeah walk us through the process of creating the aberdeen uh, the planet city oilers in a bit more detail okay yeah um yeah challenge is uh is an understatement for starting a new team. Um, Jason, I'm sure you're well aware of that because um, there's literally no funding right now <laughs> for us. We're all self-funded. So um, I, I think the hardest part was, um, was, was getting the group of guys together, you know, fielding a full team and then finding us a place to play. We bounced around. I know Edinburgh's bounced around. I don't know about Glasgow, but um we bounced around a couple spots that first year. Uh, played at Hazelhead Park. I think that was Jason's favorite place. You know, with, the, with the mud and <laughs> out there, it rained and you're up to your ankles in mud. Uh, that was the that was the, where the American football team played, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was such a, a weird field, but yeah, it was. <laughs> they literally let us just play on a soccer field or football pitch, and. Um, I thought it would have been like a, a great location for the club because, you know, the American sports are right there. They had changing rooms. There was ample parking. Um, but that ground was just not nice for baseball. I got bogged up real quick. Um, and then we eventually got permission in, I think it was 2016. Uh, we, we just moved down to the beach area and we're just playing on that open field. And we finally got permission to, call that home and put in permanent bases and a permanent mound and uh, home plate area. And um, it's been home ever since, but um, other than finding the field sourcing, sourcing kit um, equipment, jer jerseys, all that hats, 
has been a real struggle finding a consistent supplier for everything. And we're fortunate now that we've we've got to a point where that stuff is a thing of the past. Uh, we have consistent suppliers for uniforms, for hats, um, baseballs, um, baseball equipment suppliers have really grown over the last five to 10 years in the UK. Um, Brexit kind of screwed up a couple of those, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge for sure, but we're certainly now in a better spot than where we were when I first started the team back in 2013. And I think um, anybody starting a team up now is still going to be a challenge, but there's more resources um, for, for you, for them to do so. So. So um, mother is not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, mom. You're the best. <laughs> so that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she immediately commented, um, and I'm supposed to be surprised <laughs> pretty much right away. So I, I don't think we're fooling anyone, Stephen. <laughs> okay, well, so the reason it was such a rough night is it, we uh, there was a little bar across from our hotel that night, and we and you know being in the military, we're like yeah, we like we like a drink, and we went in there just for a casual couple pints and everything. Turns out there there was this girl in there, and it was her 21st birthday, and like 21st birthday in the states, like we go hard and uh us being the military we we, we partied with them <laughs> we of course of course the next you need some you know some people to help them out there of course yeah. <laughs> oh man good times uh, yeah amazing now you as we covered you had to leave the country a couple of years later um talk to us quickly about um how that felt to leave obviously this club that you built from the ground up along with uh, a couple of other guys um, and the efforts that you had put in, uh, you guys were starting to go from strength to strength to strength. And then uh, I think at one point you guys ended up having to leave the league uh, around the time that you, you left. Um, but obviously now uh, Granite City Oilers are back. Uh, long term, we've got two Aberdeen teams now with the Express. Obviously, with this condensed, uh, truncated season and the uncertainty about things, uh, there's been some clubs that have had to drop out, one of them unfortunately being the Express but uh, talk to us about leaving and uh, then the feeling of coming back and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Um, so I was on a student visa and um, I, I finished my degree and I had so many months to find em uh, employment that could sponsor another visa. And I did a, I did a history undergraduate's degree and um, there just really wasn't anything for me um at the entry level that met the income requirements and stuff like that so um got a letter from home office saying that um you know you have to leave the country by the 7th of september and uh i stayed here as long as i could i, I literally left the 5th of september uh and I, I made that i made one last game i think i think we had a game on the on the fourth and i left the fifth <laughs> and um yeah, we, that year was, it was a great year for, for the club. Um, we were duking it out with Glasgow Comet or, uh, galaxy for top, of the top of the league there. Um, they, uh, I, I I'm confident in saying this, that they never actually beat us, even though we did lose one game. Uh, we threw a no hitter that game and they beat us three to two, um, riddle me that throw no hitter. And yeah, we walked in. So starting pitcher for, for us, uh, walked in, three runs in the first inning. I put in a new pitcher that he didn't record an out, um, put in a new pitch, put in Fred and he threw shutout innings after that. And, uh, 
we only managed to get together two runs and uh, lost three to two. So uh, we beat ourselves that game. Um, but yeah, I know it was, uh, it was a great season. Um, really, really proud of the club that year. And then at the end of that, um, that season, we, that's when we voted to go, uh, to break into two teams. Cause we were, we were at the point where we had too many people, uh, just have one team. Um, and we're actually getting back to that point. So we, we will have a second team next year. If, if this holds, uh, we are losing a couple guys at the end of this season, um, couple crucial guys, but um, the numbers will dictate if we hold that, hold this number that we will have two teams again next season. So that was just really tough having to leave at that point because I, I didn't get to play the postseason either. And even though galaxy wound up taking the regular season had, had I been able to stay, I felt like we could have made a run in the postseason, especially the format that we were given that I think it really benefited us Um we had that one-two punch at pitcher, and uh, we just – when we were on, no one was touching us. So it's tough to leave during that time frame, and, uh, but two and a half years later, I'm, I'm back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel to step back on the field again as, a, as an oiler, uh, knowing that you had to, had to leave and you was, you know, was, there was by no means of any certainty that you would be back? Uh, talk to us about that feeling. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely emotional. Um, you know, cause I, back home, I, I don't get the chance to play baseball. Uh, the only op- opportunity for me is, is, uh, coaching or playing that, uh, uh, drinking league softball, um, which is, which can be fun, but it's not, it's not baseball. Um, so, you know, that uncertainty, am I going to be able, able to play it ever again? You know, um, definitely, hit me in that last game. I still remember walking off the mound that last time and thinking maybe this is it, but, um, I mean, just held my head high. Cause you know, I'd, I'd done the best I could and gave it my all and had nothing to regret at all. So, um, definitely look back with fond memories on that. Amazing. Now, one last question from me. You mentioned Fred, Federico Gambadotti. Now we had them on the show previously, I think back in, was it way back in season one that we had him on the show, Jason? Or was it the Italian season? Stallion? I think it was season one. Probably season um, one, because I think we uh, somebody from Everdeen. Now, Federico mentioned that you guys roomed together for a bit, and yeah. uh, we obviously asked him what kind of roommate was Stephen. So I think it's only <laughs> fair that we give you the opportunity to uh, <laughs> this do is the a same. Good one to end on. <laughs> what kind of what you say about me? Was, uh, <laughs> what kind of a roommate was Federico? He had nothing but pleasant things to say about you. A lot of baseball talk was basically oh, yeah. what we came away from from him. Uh, and then <laughs> you guys basically lived and breathed the game during the time you spent together. Yeah, no. So um, I originally lived with Miles, and then Miles uh, finished before me, and then uh, Fred moved in with me. So went from baseball to baseball. Um, and Fred still lives in the same flat that I lived in. So uh, it was uh, it's always nice to go visit Fred because it's like, hey, I recognize this place. Um, but no, yeah, he was, uh, he was great. I mean, uh, talk baseball, we watched baseball, you know, uh, just, it, he was, he was, he was a really nice guy to live with. Fred's a great guy. Love that guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, couldn't ask for a better roommate really. So he was cleanly. That was, that was a <laughs> that's, the, that's the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. No, and I, I, I didn't get a whole lot of authentic Italian cooked food, but I mean, 
I'll take my mama's for. It said you don't cook it. Your mama cooks it. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get invited back to his place to get the yeah. family thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Now, Paul Cohen for you has commented the home office is a bit of a nemesis to Scottish baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, how many how many teams have those bastards uh, dismantled just with just right? general rules and regulations? Why why do they use them? Um, we should have like some kind of exemption status. <laughs> I, I mean, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. That's for sure. It's like, come on, man. Like, I'm not I'm not doing any harm here. Like, <laughs> I'm not to drag on the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bureaucracy so. and red tape. It's uh, the UK's middle name, isn't it? But yeah. um, thank you so very much for joining us, Stephen. We'll have to have you back on. Uh, we'll yeah, chat with you uh, periodically across the season um stick with us we're going to preview this weekend and we'll get your thoughts on your upcoming game uh jason the weekend coming up uh, we'll talk about the uh the different matchups we've got comets at cannon so our first visit out to edinburgh i'm hoping to bump into you there um it's going to be uh, it's going to be good to play over there um, as i've mentioned before i think on matt's podcast the british baseball podcast I've historically hit really well in Edinburgh for some reason. Um, it's the only place in Scotland that I do hit really well in. Um, except when I faced you, of course, you bastard. Um, <laughs> no pressure. You just put yourself in a lot of pressure on yourself now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll be playing primarily development games this year, so I'm not I'm not feeling too much pressure at all. Uh, I'm working very much on becoming a full-time first baseman. Um, I'll play a wee bit of corner outfield as and when Jason needs me to, but uh, for me, I'm primarily a, a development player moving forward and uh, gives me a chance to, one, learn a new position, um, which I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm learning every every week, I'm learning something different. And John Nelson, I think, is going to be really key and very um, handy for me to have. I've got John Nelson and obviously Jason Stossens a goal glove first, play, first baseman uh, in the club. So um, um, I just want to focus on development games. Um, and also that allows me the chance to try and get some more confidence up at the plate again after, you know, not playing much the last few years. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, Comets at Cannons. Um, the keys, I think, to the game for the Comets will be Albert. Um, is Albert coming back? And uh, will John Nelson be healthy? So it could be a tough one. That means actually getting Albert in a car to make it a time, uh, the game of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Just keep over fucking McDonald's. <laughs> there's a good chance you can have a night at Edinburgh and make the game on time. Yeah. But, you know, that, that would be the key for you guys right He, there. D- he did that. Uh, we played in that tournament in Belfast, and uh, he uh, went on a night out in Belfast. Didn't go to bed at all. Yeah. Showed him the field with a beer ready to go, and he, he was pitching game one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, did he not miss or almost miss his taxi somewhere as well? Yeah, yeah. It, the, oh man, I think he showed up at game time. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> not when we told him to be there at game time. Yeah. No, I mean we'll get we'll get Albert on, I think, at some point, and we need, we will need to grill him about some of the exploits <laughs> in the old past. But yeah, I think if Albert comes back, um, you know, we could potentially, you know, be looking really good this weekend. Um, we look pretty good as this past weekend anyway um, without Albert and the team but I think Albert's such a key part of how we play baseball um, he's a shortstop he's a pitcher you know he's a leadoff guy he can bat third he's just so versatile and, and so impactful when he's on the field that it's always better to have him in the team um, he's, he's a good guy to have around 
Indeed, yeah. Um, and he's a great teammate. He's just he's, he's a good laugh. He's um, good, yeah, good laugh. I, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Edinburgh Diamond Devils are in Tayport for a game of, for their first road game of the season there at the Breakers. Um, now this will be a chance for them to really nail and uh, you know show that they're really going to be for real this year. They've shocked, I think, all three of us on the show here with the 12 nothing victory over the Cannons. I think um, the Cannons went into that game as the favourites and they got they got slapped by the Devils at 12 nothing. So it's a big win. Can they keep that momentum going? Um, you know, they've we've covered it before. They've got a lot of players who are quite older. They're, so they're much more experienced, but also obviously age does factor in over the course of a long season. It's going to be interesting week to week to watch the Devils and see if they can maintain that level of form. Um, and also, you, you know, the Bakers... to see if Davy Farr stops Kyle and checks his pockets before the game. Or not. <laughs> I, think, I think that might be the deciding factor on how that game goes. Yeah. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see if Kyle can uh, repeat the performance he had <laughs> opening day. <laughs> you never know. Like I said, maybe something's changed. Like I said, I'm not going to end short. Like I said, we all know Kyle well, and, and yeah. maybe his head screwed on this season. So there's fingers crossed. Maybe oh, uh, COVID um, was a wake-up call or something. <laughs> so, yeah, your your mother is proud of you. Proud of my uh, sons, really. And uh, Tayport, have, <laughs> Tayport Baseball Club's comment, he will not mention how that game went in Belfast then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get Albert on to tell the story himself. He can. Oh man, it was uh, it was interesting. We'll leave it at that. It was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he can run up to it himself when he's on the show eventually. Yeah, but the <laughs> Breakers, I think they're going to be chomping at the bit for that first win. I think, and uh, yeah, you know, if and the their first first home game. Yeah, indeed, yeah, it's going to be great to 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 keep an eye on the how the goings on there, um, and see if they can uh, ride that home field advantage, ride the momentum in the sense of the occasion and get that first win on the board and last but not least uh, the Aberdeen Oilers the, the Granite City Oilers are visiting the Glasgow Galaxy this Sunday um, will the Galaxy be able to recover from this past Sunday um, can they turn it on uh, in a way that they weren't able to finish off the Comets on Sunday um, or will the will the vaunted infield defence of the of the Oilers prove to be uh, unbeatable we'll have to wait and see Um um, Stephen, give us a preview of this Sunday's game. What are you expecting to see from the Oilers? Uh, do you have any particular adjustments in mind that you're um, looking at? Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm, I'm uh, fully expecting uh, this to be a uh, another defensive battle. Um, like, like you said earlier, uh, Galaxy are still a very solid defensive team. Um, and uh, I think we're we're really solid defensively as well. Um, I I sadly won't be pitching that game. Um, Last will be back on the mound for us, but he's he's drastically improved as a pitcher. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a really really good game, and it'll just depend on who can get the, the hits to score some runs. Um, that'll be uh, that'll determine it. I think it'll be a low scoring affair as well. So. Really looking forward to that that challenge. If you're not pitching, are you playing? Uh, I'm going to try and hit. Uh, so, like, when I was down in Slough, um, <clears throat> I'll tweak something in my forearm. The, the doc thinks it's just a, some strained muscles in my forearm. Um, but on Saturday, it was it was pretty excruciating pain. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, trying to hide the pain that I was in on that, that last phone call we were with. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed me wincing at all, but I was in some pain. 
uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's feeling, it's feeling much better. Um, but so if it's feeling better, I'm going to try and at least hit, um, but, uh, I, I won't be playing the field at all. Um, so, yeah, which I'm, I'm fine with, cause I, I wouldn't want to take a spot away on, on the defensive side of the ball from anybody that's going to be out there. So very, very confident in our defense. Essentially, you know, if your managerial style was more Connie Mack or you know Bill Belichick, so you know you, if you're going to pull a suit or the hoodie, so, you know. can I have a suit hoodie? Oh yeah, they have those things. Now, when I coached basketball at the university, I I would go in a full suit when I was coaching a game that I wasn't playing in. I would suit it up. I was like, you know, I look good. Uh, the clipboard, I got it. The clipboard yeah. is important. Break it over my knee. Ah! <laughs> Big Nelson broke a bat over his knee again at the weekend. Did he? <laughs> oh man! Did we yeah. get it on on film? No, no, unfortunately ah. not. Um, I love it when he does things like that. Let me start makes... filming your games, man. I want to see that. He makes, he makes <laughs> because we're next to a prison. Someone might nick the camera if you don't look around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes like extraordinary feats look normal. It's just crazy when you look at when you look at the guy, the man mountain. When he I'm, I'm looking he... forward to seeing him again now. I've, I've missed him. Yeah. <laughs> When Nelson hurt his groin, obviously he was on the ground and I was trying to help him up and I almost tore my groin just helping the guy off the deck. <laughs> the guy's just a tree. He's, he's, he's an absolute anomaly. I, absolutely, uh, I love the guy and uh, it's so great to have him back and I hope he's going to be healthy for Sunday. Yeah. Um, Stephen, you mentioned uh, that you're going to be DH this week, which allows us to very neatly, very neatly transition into the last part of the show tonight. Um, a wee bit about the rules this week, this, this season. Obviously, things are slightly different. Uh, the development game starts at 12, ends at 1, or goes to the innings, whichever comes first. Um, development League, uh, as we've covered already, has already had an impact, I think, on the style of play here. You're seeing the best players in, the best, in, in each position uh, on each team. Uh, you're seeing much better defensive play. You're seeing better pitching overall. You're, you're gradually you're going to see, I think, better better offence and then better at-bats as the season goes along and people start to get into a bit of a zone. Yeah. Um, Seven-inning baseball games is something that I know that Jason and I have historically kind of decried and not been big fans of, but I really think that I would have to say that I was proven wrong on that regard. I think the seven-inning game uh, for Scottish baseball is a, overall a net positive. I think it helps the games flow better. Um, it makes uh, it means that we're not because there have been so many times when you've uh, been at these slugfest games that have like a, a thirty-five to twenty-six score, and it's yeah. just it's not fun. Eventually, it gets to be quite a slog, especially when it's raining or it's too hot. So I think these seven nine games are a perfect kind of compromise and a medium that that allows for high-scoring games, but also curtails it enough that we're going to be able to have fun every time that we're at the ballpark and we're going to see actual baseball played rather than some of the madness that's happened over the course of previous seasons. I mean, it's the mercy rule apparently has now changed from the 10 lead in the 7th to a 15 run after 5. So again, okay. that's another another rule that's been implemented that kind of curtails the possibility of these absolutely outright outlandish scorelines. <laughs> I think that overall these are really good moves. Um, designated hitter, um, a tenth. You can have a, an optional tenth batter to DH. I think that that um, while I wasn't keen on it, again, that's another one that when I first saw, I was like, it's not. 
because Jason there and I were both traditionalists. Anyone who's listened to the podcast more than once knows this. We're both kind of old school <laughs> curmudgeons when it comes to baseball. But anything I think I think anything that gives people a chance to play more innings, get more experience, develop more, um, is is can only be good for the league uh, in the long run. And I think that as this development league idea grows into something that's more structured and more like the, the National League. Um, we're going to start to see, obviously, we've talked about the single A, single A, double A, single A, triple A levels. Um, I think there's really exciting things on the horizon for Baseball Scotland and um, props to the, the committee that came up with the rules. Obviously, you've got the, the league president, Paul Convoy, who's sort of been the glue that's kept this whole thing together during the pandemic and everything being off. Um, so I just want to finish up by mentioning those rules and mentioning um, just how, how fantastic I thought the, the first weekend was. Uh, I think baseball in Scotland has been made better um, for the changes that have been made, and I hope they're here to stay. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, and kind of like, y'all, like you said, I, y'all are traditionalists about the game, and, and so am I to, to a certain extent. Um, but I, I really do like the format of the seven-inning games now for us. Uh, I just think it, it brings in more competitive baseball for our, our league. You know, you, you look at in the States and – like high school varsity games are only seven inning games. You know, they're not nine inning. The only time you get into nine inning games are either in like maybe a tournament at the high school level or once you're in college. And I would, I would argue that the level of play over here, even, even down, down in England, like AAA level, that's, that's high school varsity, you know, uh, to a certain extent. So um, I just think like I think it brings that competitive nature back to it. They're not going to have huge slugfest scores like like we used to. Um, you might have some like you know like the, the the Devils this weekend, twelve nothing. That was a bit of a shocker, but they're not going to be the norm anymore. Um, really like the, the development game, which I have been referring to to my club as single A, um, just because I really want us to trend towards getting that definition and single A, triple A, double A, uh, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, the, the three inning format, um, I wish we could go a little bit longer on that, but right now I think it's perfect uh, while we're still trying to develop pitching and um, just, it gives us a chance to get players more game time. Um, and as far as the extra hitter is concerned, that actually really helps my club out because of the fact that um, I had three starters on the bench this weekend, but I was able to give one of those starters an extra hitter role. You know, so um, it was very beneficial that I was able to give someone who would have normally been sitting at least something to contribute to the game until I could get them into the game, into the field and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, really, really happy with with the rules change and uh, credit um, Baseball Scotland Committee, Paul Convoy and everyone on that to that voted to make the change. And I think we're seeing it's early on, but I think we're we're seeing the benefits of, of making that change. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's wrap it up there, boys. Uh, thank you so very much for jumping back on with us, Stephen. Uh, all the best for your continued recovery from the sore arm. I hope to see you on the mound again soon. Um, oh yeah. I don't recall ever actually facing you in an at bat before. I've been at games Ooh. that you've pitched in, but I've, uh, I've always been on the bench. So hopefully we will come uh, we'll come together at some point this year. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> You'll probably take me to school, but it would be nice to, <laughs> nice to, nice to see what I've got uh, up against a picture of your, of your magnitude. Play the um, knuckleball. 
thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, all the best with the, the, the game this Sunday and all the best with the, the season that's still to come. Uh, well Thanks for having me. No problem. Jason, uh, let's plug the uh, Ball Caps and Bike Pipes social media links. You've got linktree.com slash caps and pipes. Uh, there's also our homepage at anchor.fm slash caps and pipes. Uh, we can be found on Spotify, iTunes, pretty much all the usual uh, digital distributors of uh, podcasts. I think the iTunes and the Spotify are both on the Linktree, am I right? It's all in there. Uh, you go to Linktree, yeah. we're all set. Everything's on there for every link there. I need to update yeah. the YouTube one. So that's Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've sent you the, the correct YouTube ones. So that should be up there. Uh, the audio version of Saturday's show is out now. Um, and uh, the audio version of this one will be out by uh, by the weekend, just in time for everyone uh, driving through our games. Um, thanks again to everyone who watched. Uh, and by the way, thanks so very, very much, especially for Saturday. Um, Saturday's broadcast has over 600 views already on Facebook. Um, now, we don't usually nice. we don't usually like to talk numbers and stuff like that, but that's absolutely outstanding for us. We started this podcast, we were hoping to get 80, 100 plays a, a week uh, from people who were involved in the league going to their games. So for us to be touching these kind of numbers. Let's be honest, um, we were looking for two, your mom and my mom. And that was, in, yeah. that was on top of it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything anything above like ourselves was always going to be um, <laughs> enjoyable for us. But like to have a, 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 an opening weekend of the season where we've done a broadcast with that amazing panel and we've had so many people watch it, whether it's for five seconds five minutes or the whole thing. Thank you so much for checking out Ball Caps and Bike Pipes and please do continue to do so. Share it far and wide and um, we're going to be here every week to talk baseball. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday uh, to uh, review this this coming weekend's games and we'll preview not um, no games on Father's Day actually, is there? So we will just uh, be doing a review and an interview hopefully um, this coming Tuesday. Well, you'll be said, I've got other things to do. So we've got a, a late one from the Cannons. Rory says uh, Piero pitched well in his first Scottish League and uh, first National League start there. Obviously, he, he got them in just in time. And, of course, I'm doing the JG20 MVP campaign. So, yes. So, if you don't know, we're supporting the Josh Gibson MVP campaign. Uh, if the, We are just interviewing the card artists there. But the judges are absolutely ridiculous. I'm not even going to say that. We've got a former Dodgers GM. We've got uh, a TV show comedian. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so if you're on Twitter, the campaign's being launched there. Uh, and it's the Negro League Baseball Museum Art Concerts. <laughs> I always say this wrong. That was uh, NLMB Art. Uh, and you find it there, and you can see the campaign there. So check it out there. We're trying to uh, raise awareness for Josh Gibson and his family. So you've got to try to get him renamed, the camp campaign renamed after him. Um, we did work for them last year with the Negro League Museum, and we're now working with Sean Gibson and his family to hopefully get the, the, the thing there. Uh, we're hoping to push it for just another month because it's going to go to the All-Star Game, and hopefully by then uh, it will be announced, and you know we can say you did your little part to name the campaign after him. Yeah, absolutely. NLBMR.com for all the information. And I think it's GG, is it GG20 MVP or the GG MVP20? Oh, man. Uh, I believe it's GG20. I, I, I think it's hashtag GG MVP20. So, because it was supposed to go last year right. and it had to go this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's basically covered everything. Do you have any, do you have any NLBMR interviews coming up this week? I do on Friday, but I, I don't know who it is. I haven't looked yet. <laughs> Tad's keeping no. me. <laughs> I'll see if I, I can join you for that one. Um, I don't know what I've got on on Friday, um, but I'll, I'll see what I'm doing and I'll see if I can join you for that. Yes, um, we'll find out. So. 
All righty. Uh, once again, Stephen Evans, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on opening day. Good luck with the rest of the season. Jason, always a pleasure. Uh, everyone watching and who might listen to this afterwards, thank you so much for joining us on Ballcaps and Five Pipes. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, guys.